Last year it was Ichiro, this year the king, Felix Hernandez, is heading to the Mariners Hall of Fame this August. We'll offer our thoughts on that, plus the addition of Stephen Vogt to the coaching staff and a really interesting minor league signing by Seattle here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, January 11th, 2023. This is Tidying Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube. Or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below on the show today we'll give you our thoughts on felix hernandez joining the mariners hall of fame woo uh the mariners finalized coaching staff and uh colin moran signing a minor league deal with the team which we uh we actually think is pretty interesting i'll tell you why a little later on in the show but first colby the big news coming out of seattle this morning the mariners officially announced felix hernandez weekend at t-mobile park august 11th through the 13th, when the Mariners take on the Baltimore Orioles, Felix Hernandez will become the 11th member of the Mariners Hall of Fame, officially being inducted on August 12th. There will also be some events happening around the ballpark on the 11th and 13th as well. And, you know, this doesn't really come as much of a surprise. I mean, this is a no-brainer to put Felix in the Mariners Hall of Fame, of course. Maybe a little bit quicker than, uh, you know, some would think, considering the fact that it's been about a little under three and a half years since he last pitched in a Mariners uniform. But nonetheless, a uh, well-deserved honor for one of the greatest players in Mariners history, arguably the greatest pitcher in Mariners history. And of course, we recently saw Felix at uh, game three of the ALDS when he threw out the first pitch. So it seems like the relationship between organization and player which of course did not end on the greatest of terms has at least been mended enough here for the two sides to come together to celebrate one of the more storied careers in Mariners history so Colby your reaction to Felix getting into the Mariners Hall of Fame has it been mended or is Felix just love to have be the center of attention no <laughs> I'm not gonna be that guy not not today uh, obviously this is a huge honor uh, well I don't know about a huge honor but it's a cool honor for Felix. It's well-deserved, as you mentioned. He's the best. He had the best career in Seattle. We can debate whether or not he's the best pitcher who's ever pitched for the Mariners. It's either him or Randy. Um, but, yeah, obviously it's well-deserved. Um, you know, we're a couple years away from Felix starting his uh, Hall of Fame candidacy, which I expect the organization to get behind fully. Um, it's probably going to take a while to get him there, too, uh, just unfortunately because of how quick his career came to an end. Um, but yeah, this is kind of the first step in that process. Uh, it was cool to see him at, at game three. Hopefully he doesn't punk out and, and do the like half-hearted first pitch attempt on his Hall of Fame induction night like he did in game three. That was soft, Felix. That was real soft. I'm assuming you had an injury because I always thought you were a competitor and that was just like giving up. So I'm going to assume you'd hurt your shoulder golfing or something like that, but I, you'll fix it. We'll talk. We'll talk later. But in all seriousness, it's it's a it's a big deal, you know, and and it's right on time. It's actually right on the same timeline as most of the Mariners' uh, Hall of Fame inductions. It's typically three years after uh, you you retire, essentially. And and as we know, Felix didn't officially retire; the league retired him. But either way, it's been three years since he pitched in the big leagues. This is right on line. Um, my guess is is that one of the big announcements uh, during the weekend. Uh, will be uh, plans for a statue. I would assume that's going to happen. 
Um, you know, obviously there's pretty semi-famous pose you guys might be familiar with that's pretty easy to put in, in statue form. So I suspect we'll get that announcement uh, during that time. And and it's it's always fun. The Mariners do a really good job with this type of thing. Um, if they cut off John Stanton's talks for five minutes, things will go off great. Um, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, I, obviously the reaction is going to be amazing. We know, uh, we'll see if they do a King's court. Uh, I would imagine they would, I, I would think it would be a Supreme court. They get the entire uh, stadium going on it. Uh, and it's just going to be really fun because Felix, um, for as, as critical of him as I was the last few years, he was, he was, you know, doing his own thing. Uh, he is, you know, one of the most beloved players in franchise history. And it, it's a big deal when you invite these guys back and, and, uh, you know, allow the fans to give a, a proper goodbye because, you know, he didn't, he got one right after his last start with Seattle, but there was still, he, it wasn't like that was his last start. We didn't think it was going to be his last start in major league baseball. Right. Turns out it was, um, so yeah, it's, it's nice to kind of have that moment again, uh, say thank you and, and, you know, kind of kickstart Felix's major league baseball hall of fame, uh, mm -hmm. candidacy with, with this, uh, fun little ceremony. So who do you think is going to be there? Obviously they got to have Adrian Beltre there. I was going to say, I was about to ask you, all right, who's more likely to be there? Okay. Adrian Beltre or Kyle Seeger? Adrian Beltre, I think. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, yeah. I think not... it's a no-brainer that that Adrian's going to be there. Maybe Siegs will be there. I would think that Siegs he would should. be there. Yeah, he, he should. should be there. Yeah. I I would look unfavorably upon Seeger if he didn't show up for this. Um, yeah. Assuming he, he just, doesn't have. Right. Yeah, unless he was just not invited. Right. Yeah. Which is not going to happen. Yeah. You know, if Seeger doesn't show up, it's going to be because he didn't want to or because he has some kind of family obligation. And, and that's understandable. But. Um, yeah, it's uh, obviously, you know, most of the other Mariners Hall of Famers will show up there, but how many teammates show up for Felix? Um, you know, is Robinson Cano going to show up? Mm. Maybe like, I, it'd be interesting to see how fans react to Cano. Uh, I don't dislike Robbie, so like, I, I'd be fine with it. Um, is Nelson Cruz going to be playing? Can he show up? Like, it'll be interesting to see who shows up to this thing, but yeah, I would be, I'd be borderline shocked if Adrian Beltre wasn't present and that would just that would be amazing yeah um incredible because i love adrian like mm -hmm. i he's he's so awesome and so yeah uh and his thing with felix is one of the you know funnest things about the 20 like 2009 to 2019 mariners <laughs> like like their little rivalry so uh yeah i suspect he's there yeah yeah i have to assume that he's going to be there and uh hopefully some of uh Felix's other uh, noteworthy teammates are, are, are at least going to be uh, present as well. Um, How many noteworthy teammates did he have, though? Kyle Seeger. End of list. I'm just <laughs> I mean, Kyle Seeger, Nelson Cruz, Robinson Cano. Uh, That's pretty much that, it. That, those it it was Felix a rough was era. Like, yeah. I mean, like, maybe like, uh, I mean, like, Kuma is a part of, is Kuma still a part of the organization? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he, he would probably be there. Um, <laughs> assume, get, right? get Cliff Lee there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. they reshow that commercial of uh Felix naming off the guy the famous people with two names, uh two first oh, yeah. names. Yeah. Bob Dylan, Elton John. Yeah, Ricky there we go. Martin. Get Elton like, yeah. John, you know, get him yeah, to, sure, to perform. Not, yeah, not? why not? Yeah, let's do um, it. <laughs> obviously Kit Harrington will throw out the first pitch. Of King of the North. King of the North. Um yeah. so I don't yeah, want uh, it. 
Don't want it. All right. Oh, um, so, stat, statue. Game of Thrones things. Lock, lock uh, on Game I, of Thrones. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. I'm down. You, you, I'm totally you, down. You listen, David Locke. We want we want locked on Game of Thrones. Let's make mm-hmm. it happen. Um, all right. <laughs> we got to get a statue. Obviously, you talked about that. There's obviously the the you know the pose, the the perfect game pose. So, got to make mm-hmm. that happen. I would assume that's that's going to get announced, like you said. Uh, and then Jersey retirement. Got to make that happen. Uh, in short order as well. I think that'll probably be. That's going to be a different ceremony, but that that needs to happen soon. Sooner rather than later, I think. I think it's probably going to be closer to seven, eight, nine, ten years from now, to be honest Mm -hmm. with you. That's just kind of their motto. They don't retire jerseys until you're in the Hall of Fame. Uh, And then Edgar was the exception um, because after the ninth year, it was largely assumed he was going to get in anyway. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'm I'm certainly not opposed to it, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, They could do it tomorrow, and I wouldn't care. It's not like I... I, I'm very liberal with like the Jersey retirements. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, and like, go ahead, retire Jay Buner, retire Lupin. I don't care. Yeah. Go ahead and retire yeah. those guys. They deserve it. Why not? And I'm yeah. even like more liberal when it comes to the hall of fame. Like the fact that Mike Cameron is not in the team hall of fame is a travesty absolutely. that is right up there with, yeah, I'm not going to finish that sentence, but uh, yeah, Mike Cameron should be there. You know, um, Nelson Cruz should get in when he retires, I think so. And then obviously, and I think next year actually lines up. No, not next year. The year after will be Kyle Seeger's turn. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, lots happening uh, with the Mariners uh, off the field in terms of retirements and stuff like that. So, yeah, but this one will be fun. I, I think this one will be much more jovial than the one we see for Kyle Seeger in a couple of years. I'll put it like that. I uh, I think this is going to be great, and uh, a lot mm-hmm. of tears are going to be shed and all that. It's yep. going to be a very emotional uh, weekend, just like the Ichiro weekend mm-hmm. was as well. Uh, Not that you would know. The Mariners are playing all the hits, though, uh, the last couple of years here uh, sure. with, the, uh, with the Hall of Fame. The Mariners do two things very, very well. Mm-hmm. Opening day and these Hall of Fame weekend things. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah, they're, they're, great at they're gonna knock it out of the park. Yep. They got a lot going on at the ballpark uh, this calendar yeah. year. They got the, all, got the All Star yep. Game and the you know everything that goes along with that with the Derby and the Futures Game and the Swingman Classic and all that. And then they got the the Winter Classic for uh, NHL in uh, in January as well. So a lot going on at T-Mobile. Rest park. in peace, outfield. <laughs> They'll have time. They'll have time. And I I believe in the T-Mobile mm. Park grounds crew. I, I believe in them. I believe in you guys. I don't. All right. The- <laughs> Of course you don't. Uh, the uh, the Mariners finalized their coaching staff uh, yesterday, uh, and there's a pretty surprising name on it who has a, a a legitimate role on this coaching staff as well. So we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about the uh, Mariners' newest or latest uh, minor league signing who we think is uh, pretty interesting here in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to basketball. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online is where the game starts and you're listening to the locked on mariners podcast thank you so much for making us your first listen so the mariners finalized their coaching staff yesterday and made the announcement on uh, twitter and all the social media platforms and whatnot 
And uh, no real changes, really. Uh, everyone's coming back for the most part. Chris DeGron, Manny Acta, uh, they're all coming back. Everyone's coming back from last year. However, there's a new addition to the staff, and that is recently retired ace catcher Stephen Vogt, who's going to be the quality control coach and bullpen coach for the Mariners. And Trent Blank, who served as the bullpen coach last year, is uh, going to be moving into the dugout. He's just listed as a major league coach, and I think he's also the director of pitching strategy or something like that as well. So, uh, yeah, so... The the reason that I wanted to bring this up though is the is vote because uh, this kind of came out of nowhere. Vote, of course, though uh, lives in Olympia. Uh, that's where he makes his home. Uh, so it does make sense for him to stay in the Pacific Northwest. Um, Angie Mintink of uh, Root Sports on Twitter said that she was trying to actually convince him to join the uh, the Mariners broadcast, but instead he uh, he got a job on the Mariners coaching staff. And it's not often that you see a guy that just retired just a few months ago join a major league coaching staff. Usually it's, you know, you got to go into the minors and work your way up, uh, especially with a role like this, bullpen coach. That's a huge role for Vogt and uh, as a former catcher I think he's going to bring a, a really unique perspective to that role as well so what do you think about uh, adding Stephen Vogt to the coaching staff yeah uh, you know first and foremost highly respected as a player it, it's very you couldn't really find anybody say a bad word about the guy um, the fact that he retired and then coached without like a year break in between um, pretty much tells me that the only team he would consider doing that for would be Seattle because as you mentioned, his family is in Olympia, so they don't have to move or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I also think there's a certain element to this of like, Hey, you know, we have this really young catcher who we think might be a, a superstar in the making Cal Raleigh. Uh, would it help to have a guy like Steven folk who's been there, done that help to have him around at all and actually still working with Cal, even as a bullpen coach. Uh, yeah, I think that's part of it as well. Um, but yeah, the one thing about the Mariners, uh, front office and coaching staff is that it's an extremely collaborative effort, right? It's not the hitting coaches aren't just like, yeah, you guys are the only ones who talk about hitting and, and you do whatever you want with that. It's a collaborative effort, right? So, uh, uh, blank will work with, um, Woodworth who will work with, um, who will work with Vogt and, and they're all getting information from their analytics guys. And it's a very collaborative effort, both in terms of team building and, you know, team deployment and stuff like that. So if you're worried about like, Hey, Vogt is, is, is a catcher. What does he know about pitching? Well, a lot, but, um, if you're worried about that type of thing, you know, that, that is pretty, that's really not going to be a thing because I, I, I think we all know this, but I'll just say it just in case. Steven Vogt isn't making any decisions about like who's coming out of the bullpen. Like we all know that, right? Like that's Scott's job. And, and that's again, still a collaborative effort. That's long been decided, um, you know, based on analytics and based on what the pitching coaches are telling him. So um, yeah. So vote like there's an inexperienced bullpen coach. That doesn't mean anything like, it's fine. There are professionals out there. They'll figure it out and vote catching how many thousands of pitchers and tens of thousands of pitches. He has an understanding of, you know, what, what can happen or what could be fixed or what can be tweaked or changed uh, mm -hmm. to help a pitcher. So if you're worried about like an offensive player being essentially a pitching coach, don't uh, Vogt is a smart yeah. guy. He's well-respected uh, and anything that he might come up short on uh, the Mariners, have two viable pitching coaches and strategists sitting in their dugout 
uh, to help kind of fill in the gaps and a strong analytics department. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's no concern about like that type of uh, issue arising. And I think there's an advantage to being freshly removed from playing, you know, mm-hmm. and, and for a guy that is a catcher, I mean, like you're, you know, a catcher is essentially a coach as well. Right. And so uh, and essentially a, a pitching coach more specifically. So I, I think this is just kind of a natural uh, step forward for Stephen Vogt here. Uh, and it's really cool. Uh, and by all accounts, you know, like you said, really great guy. So it seems like you're just adding another quality uh, person to the uh, to the club. And that's that's awesome. Uh, so to just wrap up here. Yeah. Manny Acta, Christopher Negron, they're back as the first and third base coaches. Perry Hill's back. Jared DeHart's back. Tony Armrich is back. Pete Woodworth is back. Uh, Trent Blake, as I uh, mentioned, is back. Carson Vital uh, is back as the uh, Major League Field Coordinator. Uh, and then Steve Invoked, of course. And uh, yeah, so uh, good stuff there for the Mariners who uh, get to keep all their guys and uh, get to add a, a really interesting uh, coach to their staff as well. Uh, moving on here, the uh, Mariners yesterday uh, reportedly, according to Kylie McDaniel of ESPN, uh, came to agreement on a minor league signing uh, with Colin Moran, first base slash third baseman, who uh, started his career with the Astros, was traded to Pittsburgh in the Garrett Cole deal, I believe. I think that's what it was. And um, had a couple of pretty good years. Played this past season in Cincinnati. Was dreadful, more or less, uh, in Cincinnati. And now he uh, signs a minor league deal with the Mariners with a spring training invite. But Colby, I think this is uh, this is kind of an interesting addition here because... You know, you look at his numbers, they're not overwhelming. You know, the WRC pluses uh, by year, if you're going from 2018, which is his first full season to now, 102, 93, 112, 97, 86. That's not going to get you very excited. But you look at some of these slash lines, they're pretty good. 2018, 277, 340, 407. Over 144 games played. Then 277, 322, 429. Over 149 games played. Then he played most of the shortened COVID season and had, by WRC Plus standards, at least had his best year, 247, 325, 472 with a 112 WRC Plus. And even 2021, you know, 258, 334, 390, you would love to have more slugging there, of course, but, uh, you know, especially for a guy that's going to play corner infield, but as a bench bat, that's that's fine. So I I like this. I, I like taking this flyer, and I think he's someone that could actually legitimately compete for a major league spot in spring training, depending on you know what else the Mariners do, you know, between here and uh, in spring training. But uh, yeah, I, I think this is. I mean, this is certainly better than like you know, and aside from you know all the personal stuff with Steven Souza, but like just Souza the player. This is this seems better than adding someone like that. This is not just you know, veteran depth because we need a body, you know, when a bunch of injuries stack up. This seems like there actually might be something here right. with Colin Moran. Yeah, and it's also not like, well, he hit, he was really good like five years ago. So right. maybe we get lucky and he, he recaptures that. No, I mean, Colin Moran was good, you know, relatively good in 2021, and he was pretty good in 2020. Um, and, you know, it's, it's it remains to be seen what his role is, but I, I was curious – um, in 2021, which is kind of the last year he got enough at bats to draw any kind of conclusion from, uh, against right-handed pitching that year, he hit 288 with a 352 on base and a 432 slugging. So 112 WRC plus, that's really good. Um, 
And you kind of look at it and you say, well, you know, what are the odds that he makes the team? Is there any reason to get excited here? I don't know. There's a reason to get excited. Um, I would say the odds that he makes the team naturally are probably like 15%, maybe. Uh, but the Mariners do have a couple bench spots that are up for grabs. And it's worth noting that if uh, A. Eugenio Suarez or Ty France, you know, get injured in spring training, knock on wood, um, Moran is the next guy up. He would be the guy to take that job uh, because we know it's not going to be Evan White, not at first base and obviously not at third. And even if you're willing to use Dylan Moore there, you probably don't want to use him every single day. Hence Colin Moran playing third and Moran's pretty good uh, defensively. He's at least average. Um, so I, I think there's a role here for him. Uh, Regardless of injury, I think he could be the 26th guy and he could, you know, provide some of that, some of those DH days uh, when you want to give a Eugenio or Ty France a half day off, which we know they want to do. They want to keep that DH open to rotate guys through. Those are two of the guys you'd be rotating. Well, now you have a, a major leaguer who is fringe average bat, let's say, uh, who can go play those positions for a day and not absolutely kill you in the lineup. And those are the type of players that have value. Um, again, they're not players that you jump up and down and, and you know, you're not pumped to do. We're not doing an emergency podcast for Colin Moran on a minor league deal. Um, but he's a valuable player. He's an interesting player. Is exactly the type of NRI uh, that Seattle should take shots on. I hope they take a few more on a couple of other notable major leaguers who are still out there. But this guy really does fill a role. And I don't know the, the terms of his contract. I don't know if he has an opt-out date or whatnot. But if he's willing to go to AAA um, and you can stash him there for a little bit, uh, then it, it's all gravy. So I think this is a really good signing. Um, and it's, it's a little bit of a fun one. You know, former first-round pick. Yep. You know how Jerry loves to target those guys. Of course. Um, but he is a left-handed bat, which you kind of need in your organization, and he can play first and third, which is a big benefit to you because, you know, I mean, I don't want to say Ty France is definitely going to get hurt, but... <laughs> yeah, he, he'll need some time off. Let's put it that way. And a. Eugenio Suarez needs some time off too. He he was a he was an Iron Man until he you know he broke his finger. Um, maybe you don't. Maybe he could be a little less streaky if he wasn't having to play forty five games in a row mm-hmm. between days off. So we'll see what Moran's ultimate role is. Uh, I still I don't think it's likely he makes the team, uh, mm-hmm. but it's certainly not zero, and that's what makes this a really interesting NRI. So he Which, strikes out. Not a roster invitee, by the way. Of course. In case you weren't aware. Yeah. Um, You know, he strikes out a little bit more than you would like. Uh, Obviously doesn't hit for a ton of power, which, you know, but I feel like that that just only matters if he's actually a starter. In terms of just a bench player, like, he's hit for a high average. His career average right now is 263, which is above average. 30 points above league average. Yeah. So, um, and then, you know, 327 on base percentage career-wise, not bad. It's about... about 10 yeah. points above league average. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, 14, uh, 415 slugging percentage again. You know, you would like you know more power out of that's, a corner infielder, but overall right. that's pretty solid. That's about league average. Yeah. So I believe his career WRC plus is 98. Yeah. Right? That yeah. feels about right. He's, he's yeah, an two, average hitter. 263, 327, 415. Uh, career strikeout rate of 223 three percent but that's gone up over the last few years he was at 23.4 percent this past season then 24.2 percent the year before that and then 26 percent in his career year and in 2020 right uh for reference major league average is about 22 percent strikeout rate so so the so the career average is uh, the career average on his strikeout uh, rate is uh essentially league average 
Uh, and then yeah. uh, 8.4% walk rate. Yeah, that'll play. I believe league average is eight. So, yep. Yeah. There you go. He's <laughs> so an average hitter. He's I an mean, average hitter. Yeah. Right. Which, considering, you know, how many, que- like, can you say that about Taylor Trammell? No. Can you say that about Cade Marlowe? I mean, literally, you can't. We haven't seen him in the major leagues. You can't even really say that about Sam Haggerty with any confidence, at least left-handed hitting Sam Haggerty. You certainly can't say that about. So, yeah, there's a chance, man. There's a chance he makes this roster heads up, and it it would make some sense. Um, But we'll we'll see. I I just I feel like you know nobody cares about the guy who's just average at everything, but an average major league player as the 26th guy on your roster. It's valuable. It's got value. You could be you could be in a much worse spot, um, yep. and we'll you know we'll see what the Mariners want to do. And obviously, there's guys that have a lot more upside uh, that mm-hmm. are also battling for uh, you know those 25th and 26th spots on the roster, essentially. So we'll see how it all you know comes together. But I mean, you could be in a much worse position uh, at opening day if your 26th man on your roster is Colin Moran. Um, yeah. So that's uh, that's an interesting gift for them, and, and mm-hmm. you know we'll see how it works and. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the steal. Uh, this is, yeah. you know, there, to me, there really isn't, you know, such a thing as a as a bad NRI, you know. Um, Unless there's off the field stuff. <laughs> there's off the field stuff, of course, yeah. But like we were right. talking about on our Patreon show yesterday, like you listed a bunch of guys for me and like, you know, you basically asked me yes or no to this guy as, as an NRI. And I essentially said yes to every single one of them because, again, you risk nothing. You risk absolutely nothing. And you might be able to get something interesting off of one of those guys i mean shoot mm-hmm. you know a couple of years ago and this is obviously the you know an outlier but this is the popular one that that a lot of people point to rangers got hunter pence as an nri and he ended up becoming an all-star that year and uh you know so i mean the mariners got paul seawald yeah austin nola right yeah. wasn't austin nola yep. nri yeah minor league free agent signing same yeah. thing yeah so yeah um like I said, nobody ever gets excited about these guys, but you do have to take these shots, and, and sometimes they pay off. And, and I don't think anybody expects Colin Moran to be an all-star or, or no, you know no. turn into Austin Nola or anything like that. But again, the fact that you have a major league quality hitter in your depth right now entering spring training is is pretty big because, honestly, anybody who was, who we would say is definitely a major league hitter at this point was already going to make this team. So, and a, and a couple who we might, might say probably isn't a major league hitter, Jared Kalnick, Taylor Trammell, they were probably going to make this team. So uh, it's always good to have, you know, emergency backup plans. And I would only request from Jerry and Justin, uh, do Ben Gamble next, please. And thank you. Yeah, I'm down. Cosign. I co-sign of course that. you are. It's Ben Gamble. Obviously. Obviously. I mean, if, if you, and if you guys have any doubts, just look up the uh, turn ahead to clock night, Ben Gamble and those jerseys. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. You'll be convinced. Plus, this team, for all of its all of its goodness, lacks flow. It needs some more flow. That's true. Like, That's true. Logan, they used they used to be the kings of flow. They then, did, man. They did. Yeah. And then I just, I mean, I'm just saying, you need a little more flow. You have Logan Gilbert, but like, like that's. That's like I double like, A. Compared I feel to like one of these years, Logan is just going to show up at spring training with like all of his hair cut off, and it's just going to freak oh. us all out. <laughs> Man, I don't know. It freaked me out when he started growing that goatee. Uh, I mean, it worked for him. He started pitching better with it somehow. Yeah, but um, <laughs> it's it's not a not a aesthetically. Great look. It was not a good full, idea. Full but... beard, pal. Full beard. 
yeah. on the out. sides. Yeah, yeah. Let's yep. get on the sides. Let's get some. Let's get some more facial coverage there, Logan. Yeah. <laughs> All I right. Mean, whatever. So, <laughs> we if he pitches uh, like he did in September, by the way, uh, <laughs> then he can keep it. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I won't complain if he's pitching like that. Yeah. Um. All right. So. Friday show programming note if you missed it uh is going to be a little bit different we got an interview uh that's going to last the entire duration of that show with Casey Sadler Mariners right-handed reliever who's looking to uh, make the team after missing all of 2022 with a shoulder injury we had a really fun discussion uh with him so be sure to uh, look out for that on Friday that's going to drop Friday morning so a lot earlier than we usually post so be on the lookout if it's pretty much it's going to be up as soon as you wake up if I had to, so, if I had to bet. this time when you say your first listen of the day, you won't be lying. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. Exactly. That must exactly. be new and exciting. Ooh. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We're in uncharted waters. Yeah. You want to, you want to maybe drop your hint about uh, something else we're doing next week? Apparently. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. And for those of you that like free stuff and like us mm. giving away free stuff, I, not Colby, I, Ty Dane Gonzalez, Ty Zane Chicken Leg Gonzalez, will be giving away something. You'll have to find right. out next week, so be sure to tune in. First time for everything, huh? <laughs> All right. Neat. <laughs> Neat. Hey, I've, I, I'm finally investing back into the show. <laughs> you, know, I'm you know, I'm finally showing that. I do, in fact, care about you guys, contrary to what this guy, I'm going to point in the wrong. Hey, I pointed there in the right go. direction. There, there we go. go. There Let's go. go. I did it. All right. That's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, C-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Now make your second listen, Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like us. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you on Friday. Peace.